Hello, this message is from Live Church Leeds. We hope it encourages and helps you. You know, this is a home. And when you're part of a home, you're part of a family. And in seven days, we walk, I don't know how, I think it's 0.8 miles to our new building. But there's two things we're going to take with us from the Met to Kirkstall Road. Okay? Everybody say two things. And it's not the carpet. But we're taking two things. The first thing we're going to take is family. Okay? We're going to take family. And the good thing about our new facility is it's ours. Here, sort of when we leave, we leave. But how many of you know when we go into Kirkstall Road now, you can't just leave a toilet how it's been left. How many of you know you can't just leave certain areas? Why? Because it's a home. And it's a family. But what I love over the years, that a family has been built here within this campus and we're going to take this family we're going to put us in a massive Winnebago and we're going to go travel together to Kirkstall Road as a family and the second thing we're going to take is the presence of God we're going to take the family and we're going to take the presence of God sure all these things will come with us the equipment will come and lots of those things but ultimately if you said what are the two things that we want to take to our new facility It's family. It's the presence of God. Everything else can sort of, you know, like, well, we we can sort of do without. But the two things we can't do without, I'm going to say it again, it's family and the presence of God. And I believe just in these few moments now, I just want to speak about that sense of the presence of God. And then we're just going to sing that beautiful song again. Then we're going to close. And uh, hopefully my my voice will form some form of straightness. But we'll probably put the 1 p.m. one on the podcast. But the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3 to 4, it says, By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled. Everybody say filled. They are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. And I know maybe if you're here for the first time in the last couple of weeks, you can go, well, that's still to be, that's still under... Um, investigation, and that's fine. You you keep investigating as long as you will find, as long as you need to go. <laughs> but after being here many years, I'm aware and I know there are some rare and beautiful treasures in this place, and they are people that are rare and beautiful. And the Bible says that in these homes, it is filled with rare and beautiful treasures. But the one thing, the most beautiful treasure of all in any home, is the presence of God in your family home. And in our church home, doesn't matter if you have a 60-inch TV and a brand new IKEA kitchen, what is the most valuable thing in your home is the presence of God. Because without the presence of God, we have nothing. But with the presence of God, we have everything. And the Bible even talks about David who wanted to build the house of God. But because the Bible said he had blood on his hands, it said that he was unfortunately going to miss out on the opportunity to build it. But the Bible says your son Solomon is going to build it and he's going to fill it with some epic stuff. But I love the Bible doesn't say David got in a hump and went, well, that's not fair. If I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. He basically, he said, I'm going to gather everything in. I'm going to gather in the most precious stones and the most precious metals and the most precious materials. And I'm going to stockpile it so that when Solomon's ready, he'll have what it needs. And the Bible talks about in Chronicles how they began this process of building the house 
of God. And within it was some incredible furniture. And you might have some incredible furniture in your house. And as we go into 98 Kirk's Road, let me tell you, it looks amazing. And there's some beautiful paintings on the wall. And there is a new stage and trussing going in tomorrow. And there's a beautiful coffee shop, which, by the way, should we say what we're going to call it? We're going to, you know what we're going to call our coffee shop? The legend lives on. We're going to call it The Hub. Yes. The Hub. Because The Hub lives on. Do you want to meet me in The Hub? Yeah, I'll meet you in The Hub. Sure. Do you mean on Jubes Road? No, I mean on Kirkstall Road. The kids' room is amazing. Upstairs. Beautiful kids' room. Dedicated. One of them become like, oh, I won't spoil the surprise. The youth room is like sick. There's a parents' room, which is dedicated for parents and babies only with glass panels. And you can see into the auditorium, but they can't see you and you'll be able to listen. Like, it's filled with some great stuff. It's filled with some great furniture. But the one thing that will distinguish that facility is the presence of God. You see, you can get some of those things in a pub or you can get them at a football club or in a nightclub. You can, you can find fun and you can find friendship and you can even find aspects of family in certain of those places. But if you really want to build a home, you need a desire for the presence of God because a building without the presence of God or a community without the presence of God is a whole lot of bricks and mortar and it's a whole lot of hoping. And in our church, without the presence of God, it's purely a hobby. That's what it is. Do you have any hobbies? Yeah, well, on a Sunday morning, I go to church. Is the presence of God there? No. Well, it's a hobby. (laughs) But as soon as the presence of God gets involved, it stops becoming a hobby. Actually becomes life. Actually becomes home. Actually becomes about the inner workings of your life and your family, which is why seven days come around quite quickly. But sometimes in the week, you need a life group. In the week, you need to be able to speak to someone on a Tuesday. On a Thursday, you need a dose of encouragement, which is why we are not just attending a service today, but you belong to a family. And if you've just been attending every Sunday, that's cool, but what's your next step? Your next step is to become part of a community, become part of a friendship group, become part of a belonging, become part of a place where you can contribute and serve. That is your next step, not because we need it, and that's not because it's the right thing to do in church life. No, but because your soul is thriving on purpose. Your soul is craving out for that sense. And I believe when you get the inner workings of your life like that, the presence of God just begins to shine. But the Bible says in 2 Chronicles that the best of the best was filled with this building. But in 2 Chronicles 7, verse 1 to 10, the house gets dedicated. The temple gets dedicated. And I haven't got time to read those scriptures. You can read it if you want in 2 Chronicles 7, verse 1 to 10. But it talks about all the things that Solomon does in the temple. And the Bible says that when these things took place, the glory of the Lord filled the house. But I'm like, when the bricks went up, surely the presence of God went in then. Or, or, or when they put the new sound system in, surely the presence of God went in then. But no, there was, there was this dedication. There was this invitation of the presence of God into the house, which made it a home. And sometimes the one thing that can be missing in a beautiful home is the presence of God. 
And I'm not legalistic in my theology about the presence of God. The presence of God, let me tell you, is not some external force. It's not something that we buy over here, put it in a truck, and put it into Kirkstall Road, okay? I believe God's presence dwells in our spirit. Now, the Old Testament understanding of the presence of God was that it, it came in, in, in the tabernacle is where the presence of God was found. And so the tabernacle was taken to certain places and, and it was placed there. And where there was, was the presence of God. And so in the temple would have been filled with that. But the Bible says Jesus came to earth and the, ter- the temple curtain, which separated where people could go and the presence of God. The Bible says the curtain what tore in two which was symbolic to say no longer is there a separation between you and the presence of God, but now we can come boldly. We can now approach his throne with boldness, not having to do certain things, but the presence of God can dwell in our spirits because of what Jesus did. How many of you are grateful for Jesus? I couldn't have lived before, but I can live now. And so you become filled with the Holy Spirit and you become filled with the presence of God. So please understand in my thinking today, this is not, this is not something where we think the, Holy, the presence of God is some external force. No, the presence of God dwells in hearts. Which is why I'm confident next week when we move from here to there, we're simply taking us with us. Which is why we could do church in a club, which we have done before. We could do church in a stadium, which we might do in the future. We could do church in a mosque. We could do church anywhere. And the presence of God dwells within us and is taken with us, which is why we've not been bothered about buildings. We've not been bothered what happened at 3 a.m. in the morning. Why? Because we know at 10 a.m. in the morning, something different is going to happen. Because the presence of God dwells in hearts. And the presence of God moved from bricks and mortar to hearts and souls. But I do believe there should be an engagement, a cultivation of the presence of God in your life. Because you could be here today and go, well, if the presence of God's in me, I don't need to do anything about it. But in the same way, you could go, well, there's muscles in my body, therefore I don't need to do anything about it. There's a brain in my head, therefore I don't need to do anything about it. No, you need to exercise your muscles and you need to use your brain. And if the presence of God is in you, what are you doing to cultivate it and to exercise it and to, and, 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 and to, to maximize the gift of the presence of God in your life? Turn up the spiritual temperature. You've got to engage your spirit in the things of God. And that's why I'm encouraging, let's not get into our new facility empty. Let's not get there bone dry. Let's not get there legalistic and religious about a whole heap of things, but let's get there filled up with the Holy Spirit, filled with the presence of God. And if you've invited Jesus into your heart, the Holy Spirit already dwells within you. But like we spoke a couple of weeks ago, let's feel the faith. Let's feel it. Let's have a sense of the presence of God in our life. And that doesn't mean you walk in, you go, oh, I can feel it. It's in that room, but it's not in that room. No, we're not weird like that. But understanding that I'm going into the, I'm going into this new chapter as a church, full on God. I'm prayed up, I'm worshipped up, full of faith. I'm going in up and you might think I'm not at that place now. Well, then get around somebody do maybe a couple of things I'm about to say so that we can take the presence of God with us. Like we're going to, as the dwelling in our hearts and let's turn it up. And there's a few things I think we can do just practically. Number one, this week, can we pray? Pray, let's pray. And you might think, well, I do pray. Okay, well, let's pray more. It may be like, I don't pray that much. Okay, let's start praying. Why? Because prayer is purely interaction with God. 
as we talk to God. Have you ever been in a house where no one talks? (laughs) People are physically there, but there's no presence. Why? Because presence is found in interaction. And the more you interact, the more the presence is established. And what prayer does, it invites God into the conversation of your life. And it doesn't have to be, you know, our Father who art in heaven. That's surely a good guide for our prayer life. But sometimes it's just being very real, very open, very honest. God, I need you to help me with this. God, would you show me this? God, let's have a chat about this situation because I'm angry, I'm frustrated, I'm feeling this. God, invite him into the conversation. Because what I love about prayer and what I've found with prayer is that even when I finish praying, God lingers. Even when I've said amen, prayer's finished, I sense the lingering of his presence, almost like God said, hey, I'm still here. I'm not going anywhere. The presence of God within us. Whatever that prayer life looks like for you. Maybe this week, let's watch a little bit less TV. Let's use a little bit less social media and let's spend a little bit more time in prayer with God. Second thing that Solomon did, which I think is still important, even in our New Testament 2018 world, is the offerings and the sacrifices that Solomon and David brought to the house of God definitely engaged the presence of God in that house. There were certain things they had to do, but now there are certain things we desire to do. You've got to move from a place of I have to give an offering to I desire to give an offering. I have to give a sacrifice, so I desire to give a sacrifice. And there is something about the presence of God that is attracted to sacrifice. And I'm not always just talking financially, although that plays a big part, but just sacrificial living. Maybe that's why in the book of Romans, you know, Paul says, I offer our bodies as what? A living sacrifice. Sacrifice isn't an Old Testament thing. It is still part of our New Testament theology to offer offerings and sacrifices to God. I might not have a sheep. I might not have a goat. But what I can have is I can give my life to him. In fact, the New Testament theology is way beyond the Old Testament. The Old Testament was like a goat or a sheep or a cow. Sure, I can do that. Why? I've got thousands left. But the New Testament basically says, give it all. In the same way, the Old Testament says, do not commit adultery. The Old Testament says that. The New Testament says, do not even look lustfully upon a woman. Otherwise, you've committed adultery. Some people think the New Testament's a way easier way to live. No, the stakes are even further. But it goes beyond simply the the tick list of what I have to do to now this is a heart thing. This is full heart and full soul. Pray, offer sacrifices and offer offerings. May there be a tithe. May there be a deposit of our lives in our homes. God is drawn to what you have to offer, not because he needs it, but because he desires you. And Jesus on a cross was the ultimate sacrifice. He was the lamb that was slain. And if there was ever a presence of God moment, that was it. When the rocks split and the earth shook and the curtain tore in two. Why? Because the greatest sacrifice was made. Jesus hanging on a cross is an invitation for the presence of God. We pray, we offer offerings and sacrifices. The third thing Solomon did is they knelt with their face to the ground. Pure surrender, pure humility, just to go, we're not even worthy to have this opportunity. We're not even worthy to be in your presence. But God, we, we thank you that you'd even consider a sign of humility, but also desperation. You see, when you're on your knees, it's a sign of honor and respect so that you won't be higher than who you're honoring. But also it is a sign of vulnerability. 
Because here I'm on my, I, I can easily be knocked over. When I'm standing, I can get my position. But here it's a sign of God. Here I am, I'm on my knees. I'm vulnerable and I surrender my life to you. Let's lose the whole sense that we're some big shot. Great is a gift on earth. One of my greatest verses in the Bible is think of yourself with sober judgment. And don't think of yourself higher than you ought. And humility, some people get confused about humility. Some people think humility is, you know, well, that means I don't think about myself. You know, I can't think about myself. No, humility is not thinking about yourself. Humility is thinking about yourself less often. Not consumed with you, but actually consumed with God. And as you get to know who he is, you'll get to know who you are. But you won't have to spend all your day on you. Why? Because you'll know who you are. And you'll find a security in who you are. Why? Because of your kneeling down to God himself. Fourthly, they worship. They just opened their arms and they worship. They sang. They praised God. They gave him their very best. They worship. Why? Because worship brings a shift. The Bible says, as, I, as you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. Worship is powerful. Let's not be a house or a home or a church consumed by circumstance. Let's be consumed by worship. We bring our circumstances in. It's almost like we just lay them down and we go, hands up. Soul out. I'm singing because I'm consumed by worship. And five final point as the band come and close with me. The Bible says they gave thanks. They gave thanks. They gave thanks in the temple and they gave thanks. And thankfulness, I believe, is a real invitation for the presence of God to be cultivated in your life. I want to be around thankful people and I believe so does God. Thankful for God for what we have right now and thankful for what we do have. God, we're thankful. When you begin to engage in the spiritual devotions of these things, not out of religion, but out of relationship, I believe you begin to see the presence of God begin to become manifest in your life. And how is it manifested in your life? Through peace, through love, through joy, through faithfulness, through self-control. You see the fruits of the Spirit. The fruit is simply an extension of what God is doing in your life. And so as you cultivate your life, guess what? Fruit begins to grow. Wow, you're loving more. You're more peaceful. Where's this coming from? It's come because I've cultivated the presence of God. I've cultivated. I used to get angry, but now I don't get angry. You know, I saw some road rage drivers this week. I'm, I feel sorry for them. I used to laugh. Now I want to pray for them. Because I'm like, your life must be pretty. Like, they must be in a dark place to get that angry. Because I cut you up on a red light. You must get angry. I, I'm not saying it's right, but sometimes you just see this. And if that is you in this house, can I encourage you? The way to, get, the way to stop that is to cultivate the presence of God. Because the more you cultivate the presence of God in your life, you begin to see the fruit begin to emerge. Let's take it into our house. We don't want to just be a club. We want to be the presence of God, the house of God, filling the temple, filling the house.